everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Chat. This week, we've got so much to talk about. We're basically throwing our original hot topics out the window because we've got some great news to uh, talk on. But before we get into everything, let's say hello to our special guest co-host of the evening and our regular co-host, starting with our special guest co-host, my friend, my dear, my Knott's Landing companion, the uh, Val to my Gary, uh, Bruce Van Griffin, how are you, dear? I am feeling pretty damn good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for letting me come and play with you guys. I have all your action figures. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Wait, we got action figures? I ain't seen no check. What my no money? Adult stores. <laughs> <laughs> I, that means I need to be getting a bigger check. So that's where we're starting chicks, this chicks flashlight. Oh my god! And we're off. <laughs> Allen's is a Cassie the Piva doll. God, mercy! Thank you for coming. Oh Lord! Already, we ain't even um, two minutes okay. in. Not even two minutes. Um. So anyway, the Gail Weathers of this podcast, Allen. How are you? I'm fine. Okay, glad to hear it. Gosh, you willikers. Um, the Angela Bassett of this podcast, Higgs, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing the thing, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's turn things over to my man, King. Chaz, how are you? <laughs> On your what? <laughs> um, I'm doing great, Casey. Doing wonderful. Oh, wonderful. That's so lovely to hear. I'm happy that you're planning the gala with Lauren Penmore. Um, um, anyway, so... <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know. Um, but okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, so everybody, just skip ahead a few seconds. Um, so anyway, let's talk about the big news of the day, which was released a few hours before we hit the record button. And that is Days of Our Lives, Peacock's Days of Our Lives, has been picked up for seasons 59 and 60. Woohoo, we love to hear it. We love to see it. All you haters, all you doubters, there you go. Um, so I'm going to go to our resident Salemite on the podcast first. Tiggs, how do you feel about days being picked up for two full seasons? It's very, very good news. Like, we all knew this, but I'm glad that it's official. Um. This is a big fuck you to all the haters that was saying the show was canceled last summer when it was announced. I knew it wasn't going to be. I knew it was going to be renewed. I knew this was going to work because NBC spent two years building up to that moment. It wasn't like we didn't have two Beyond Salem's in a Christmas story. That's a Christmas story. Christmas movie. It wasn't like they just came out of nowhere and said, oh, fuck that. We going on Peacock. Like, what? No. They had already had it exclusively streaming same-day episodes on Peacock a year before the jump because it did so big on NBC.com and the NBC app and Peacock was struggling. They was like, fuck it. Let's throw it over there. And there it is. Like a year and a half after they made that decision and then six months after the move, there's not one time you can go on Peacock's home screen and you're not going to see motherfucking days of our lives. You're going to see that goddamn hourglass. And 
I just want to thank everybody that supported the show. You know, I don't give a damn. <laughs> if... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like it's like you're doing like a you know you just won an award. I would like to thank everyone who tuned in. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> like, oh my no, God. I just want to thank everyone the show. <laughs> you know, whether you're paying for Peacock or you wanted 19 bitches on a Peacock account, you know, your streams matter. The motherfuckers paying for it matters. I'm just very excited. I just want Ryan to get his shit together. And if he can't, Ryan and Jamie Giddens need to um take over them reins because we got two more years and Ron, I'm sick of your shit. The last three, four months have been abysmal. Now, I know he ain't going to fuck up Bowen Hope, but after they gone, what the fuck we going to do now? Because, like, hey, they's going to be good until, okay, I'll give it six months. Between Bowen Hope's story and Victor dying, Dave's probably well, is going to lock until, like, October. But then fall going to come and we're going to start falling back into a slump. So he better have something planned. So let's discuss that real quick. So, um, Bruce, I'll go to you, and I want you to give your thoughts on the renewal. But also, the show has a pretty big year ahead of it. It's a pretty banner year for the show. Um, we've got Deidre Hall's 5,000 episode coming up. Suzanne mm-hmm. Rogers celebrates 50 years in the role of Maggie. We've got Bowen Hope returning. So, and Victor's funeral is going to play out. So, Bruce, with the renewal in mind, and with the banner year, with all these milestones coming up, are you excited for the future of Days of Our Lives? I'm very excited. As long as Ron can kind of ground himself a little bit, ease up a little bit on the on the sci-fi and fantasy stuff, just do just tell story, regular story. And then also um, within Days Wheelhouse is adventure stories. And I know that's what Bo and Hope are going to bring. And I, and I have a great idea that he'll he'll do well with that. Just ease up a little bit on the sci-fi and the, the, the craziness. But I do have to admit, um, as Tiggs was saying, an F you to the to the naysayers. I was one of the naysayers. I have to admit that when they first announced it, I was like, oh, they're doing a burn off. They're going to announce a cancellation. But then after the first few, after the early numbers started coming in, then I was like, oh, okay, Days isn't going anywhere. I'm fine. It's, it's not going anywhere. So I'm I'm excited that it's been renewed for two years and it's going to be around for the 60th and hopefully um, Peacock still, um, Peacock NBC still has faith in it once that two years comes closer to ending and pick it up for more and more years. Most certainly. So Alan, let's talk about the numbers in addition to your thoughts on the renewal. Uh, Days of Our Lives has always ranked in the top 10 most watched uh, between shows and movies and miniseries and everything on Peacock. Um, it previously peaked as the number two most watched uh, thing on Peacock, right behind the newest Halloween movie. So, Alan, what are your thoughts on the renewal? And in addition, what do you think of Days always being a consistent top 10 show? No surprise. Days of Our Lives have been keeping the lights on at Peacock for a while now. It's their British and it's their freaking star show. Because you you're, if you're watching stuff on Peacock, you're probably either going to be watching Days, Murder, He Wrote. You're watching, like, Say by the Bell flopped on Peacock. I like that show, but the reboot, you both flopped. You aren't, you, no, people didn't watch Vampire Academy, even though it was a good show, but people watched Days. And, excuse older, but those older people can't laugh. 
They learned how to stream. So yeah, it's not a surprise it's doing well in Peacock, but they need to fire Ron. It's time. It's been 2017. It's been six years. It's time for a regime change. Because you know, after a certain year at Riders, there's no more gas left in the tank. It happened to Bob Guza. It certainly happened to Brad Bell, even though he's been there since 1993. But yeah, it's time. I don't get Ryan Kwan and Proto Jamie Gates get riders or I don't know, maybe David Kreitzman. I don't know. It changes to happen. Ooh, with David Kreitzman. No, 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 no. You'll love the Stephanie and Alex story, real. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> David Kreitzman not a bad head rider. His guiding light first few years is good. No, no, David Kreitzman can keep um writing on on on, on post it notes like he been doing. No. Um, no, uh, no, you know, you know, even I will campaign even for our girl Sally Sussman to return, <laughs> yeah. Like, but no, it, it would make sense just to put Ryan Kwan and Jamie Giddens back or put them as co head writers, yeah. Which or Ryan, help Ryan's or just make them or just make them associate head writers to help him, like Ryan, baby, we're not, we not doing it like that, okay? Pull him back some, pull him back some. It, it's like, it's like because Jamie love no. Motherfucker, I've been watching this show since my mother's womb. Okay, we're not doing that. All right? well, that position will most likely, if they were ever to do that, it would most likely be Ryan's, just because Ryan did work himself up to co-head writer, um, and at one point he was very close when Ron started because Sherry Anderson was there and Ryan was there, um, and they were like kind of all credited together, even though Ron was the sole head writer. But yeah, I. I'm a huge fan of Ron, even though I know that sometimes you guys can tune into this podcast and it's like, oh, you are really? Because you shit on him a lot. Um, but I do love Ron. I think Ron is a brilliant writer. I think he's got this great knack for turning soaps around instantly, paying attention to a show's history. But much like a Hogan Sheffer, for example, he needs somebody to reel him in. Gene Passanante saved Ron a lot at One Life to Live and a lot at General Hospital. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for the future of days. I mean, you know, another soap gets to hit 60. Um, and that is pretty damn special. Um, but Chaz, even though you don't watch the show, I do want your thoughts because this is huge for the genre as a whole. You're a CBS watcher. There's Paramount Plus involved. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on Days of Our Lives doing so well on streaming and getting picked up? Well, I think it gives a, a good um, opportunity for uh, the other shows to take note that these shows can work on streaming if it's done well, right? So um, the broadcast television is is no longer what it used to be even 10 years ago. Hell, five years ago. And these shows, if you're taking a look at the actual ratings of a lot of them, um, would have been canceled if this was five or 10 years ago because of their current ratings of today. So it gives the other shows, the CBS shows in particular, um, a way for them to continue to operate um, going forward, um, because I do think that there needs to be some changes, especially at CBS, of you know maybe taking a look at their platform and say, how can we do this successfully? How can we continue to have Bold continue and YNR continue if they're not going to continue on broadcast? But how can we put this on streaming? Um, let's take a look at what Days did. Why was it successful there? So I think 
their success gives the people at CVS, if they care, an opportunity for them to take a look and say, okay, we need to model this like Days did in order for our shows to continue to remain on air. Because this is be honest, the ratings are not there for either one of their CBS shows. Um, in fact, uh, I know that G- uh, General Hospital has been beating Young and Arrestes in demos, uh, one of their main demos, for quite a while now. So um, I think it gives them an opportunity to look to see how they can survive in the future. Um, because I, I do think there's there needs to be some changes. At, there needs to be a lot of changes at CBS. But even just thinking about how we're going to continue to have the show continue in the next couple of years, um, looking at Days' success on Peacock um, gives them now an opportunity to take a look at their own streaming platforms and how they can bring viewers to it as well. I agree, Chaz. Like, right now, YNR is fine. To hell with them demos. They still break mm-hmm. in 3.5 million viewers. Another World got canceled 24 years ago with 3.5 million viewers. Like, mm-hmm. YNR is fine for the next couple of years. But you're right, though. CBS needs to get a head start. Yep. They got to take a look. Because it's, it's, it's hard to imagine that they're going to be at the sevens and the, the sixes, you know, even in the next couple of years, especially with the current writing regime. That ain't going to happen, especially at uh, um, Young and Restless. So they've got to really be proactive and take a look at, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do now? Because it, it's, it's, it's not bleeding. Right. But all it take is, you know, one bad storyline and they're going to be in the twos. So at the same time, though, it's bled so much from the mm -hmm. past seven years that now it's this, you know, so that's why I think when we look at those soap ratings, that's why there's not huge bleed outs anymore, because it bled out so much for a decade that Mm -hmm. it's just it is what it is now. You know what I mean? So like. Why mm-hmm. not 3.3 to 3.5 a week is the cause of it bleeding out so much since the frat era. Because love look, love him or hate him. I know there's a lot of, you know, did Pratt do good at Wyandar? Did you like his Wyandar? All that aside, Pratt raked in a 5.5 when he did his Valentine's Day disaster episodes. Mm-hmm. 5.5. It was the highest ratings for the Young and the Restless since 2007. And so it's like, we'll never see that again. But at the same time, it's bled out so much since those that week of episodes almost a decade ago that now it is just what it is. But like Tig said, though, 3.5, CBS is probably still very happy with that. Um, but I wonder, though, you know, let's see, Wyandar's contract is up next September. Do you guys think that they might consider Paramount Plus next September? No. No, I think that I, I don't think, think that, that soon. No, no I don't no, think it that because, soon. Because you know this current one, YNR got a four-year renewal. They're not getting that next time. They're going to get a two-year renewal. They're going to get a two-year renewal. Yep. And CBS and Sony, that's when they need to start. Like, I right, they got this two-year renewal. We have the next two years to prepare this show for streaming. Because and Paramount they, they Plus do well is doing on very, streaming. Yeah, they they will do well on streaming. Paramount Plus yeah. is doing very well. And mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell's going on with, with, with ABC. Well, ABC because out, out of all the four soaps, especially when it comes to social media, the general hospital fans are rabid. They would do just fine being exclusively on Hulu. I do. And Hulu is out of all of the streaming apps. To me, Hulu is the strongest of them um, because mm-hmm. of the content that they have there. Like yep. I, I've, I've had Peacock. 
and um, and then they started getting real funny. Well, he got to pay for this now because that's how I worked my Parks and Rec. It was on Peacock. But then they put that behind the paywall. And I'm like, okay, well, y'all ain't got nothing else on here I want to see. You know, but Hulu get all my little money, you know? So I, it's the strongest of the, to me, other than like maybe HBO. But it's oh, the strongest of like the streaming. HBO, well, I like HBO. I like HBO because of one show, so that's well, I worked at HBO. <laughs> HBO is shooting itself in the foot, honey. Warner Brothers yeah. is the worst thing that ever happened. No, Discovery yeah. is the worst thing that ever happened to them. Yeah, because uh, um, at the most recent television upfronts, there were a lot of questions regarding will GH ever go to Hulu, and mm-hmm. Maurice Bernard and Frank Valentini basically said they're not really worried about that ever. I mean, they because. Everybody's asking the remaining free soaps because Days is so successful on Peacock. It's wildly successful. But mm-hmm. well, well, they need to ask because, see, you know, the thing with GH is GH has always been under that security blanket that ABC owns them. And when it comes down to it, really, y'all, y'all should have been the first motherfuckers to get moved to stream. I agree. Y'all network on. Like, 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 they need to realize that at least when it comes to Days, and in bold and in YNR, they have renewals. They have contracts. Mickey Mouse can walk his motherfucking ass downstairs and cut that cut the power out at that hospital any motherfucking time he wants to. Just but like I- all my children don't want like to live. It ain't about renewals and all this and all that. They, they can ditch that show any motherfucking time they want. See, CBS and, and, and Paramount got to wait a year, two or three or four. ABC can yank that shit off right motherfucking now. And what we must remember is that's also why GH doesn't get renewed. GH doesn't get renewed. It just stays on. Because yeah, it just stays on. ABC said a few years ago, we're just going to keep it on until we don't want it to be on anymore. So it doesn't really get renewed. Um, yeah. Other shows. And also, I don't think GH should have been the first. And let me tell you why I disagree there is because I think GH should first and foremost focus on the fact that unlike these other soaps, their episodes expire after two weeks. I think they need to focus on that not happening. And I think GH needs to keep its backlog on there. Um, like The Young and the Restless does. You know, The Young and the Restless does it season to season. So by September 21st or the last Monday of September or whatever, all The Young and the Restless season 50 episodes will be gone because then they'll start season 51. And I think GH needs to do the same thing. And GH also needs to stop putting those episodes on at like two in the morning. As soon as the Young and the Restless is so great, because what Wyandar does is as soon as the Young and the Restless finishes airing in all markets, then it is on Paramount Plus. So GH needs to follow suit, in my opinion. As soon as it's done airing in all markets, that episode should be on Hulu. Yeah, they they shouldn't wait until 5 p.m. on the West Coast. Yeah. Why are you waiting until the fucking evening news is on ABC? Yeah, because I usually watch Paramount <laughs> at 5 p.m. Like, yeah. It's aired everywhere as soon as it's aired anywhere. But also going back to something you say, Casey, um, General Hospital is the only show of the four that doesn't air seasons and has two-week expirations on their episodes, which could they could keep those episodes up and build up the audience as well as trying out different specials on Hulu because they have a large cast. They can like splinter off someone during summer months or something like that. The younger characters and 
have like a temporary limited series or something like that. This is a 10, 10 episode series and we're going to follow them as they go on the West Coast adventure or something like that to build up their younger audience as well as start to build up a larger digital presence with the anticipation that possibly they'll move them from ABC to Hulu permanently. I think the best spinoffs right now, because I think other soaps should be trying spinoffs, and I think the best ones to do it are B&B and GH. You know, GH has access to that entire ABC soap universe. It's like, use that. You know, why can't you put um, some of those kids going to Pine Valley University for a special two week long, you know, event at the university or something where, um, you know, Trina is going to attend this TED talk or something. You know what I mean? It's like, just think a little bit more about how to do these little spinoffs because I think more soap should be doing spinoffs. Um, I don't know. Takes. what were you going to say though? Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know what the thinking is over at ABC. Like, all my children in One Life to Live have been off the air for over a decade. And people still talk about them every fucking day. Yes, the Prospect Party Day 10 years ago didn't work, but it would work now. Look at what Peacock is doing. I don't see why somebody over there isn't saying, like, I'm so sick of these motherfuckers talking about Vicky Lord and Eric Kane. Do something about it. Like, like it, it, it's not hard at all. We could have been got those shows back. Like I said, even with Procter and Gamble. Idiots. People still talk about another world guideline as the world turns to this fucking day. And they don't care. They they don't care. They too busy it's worried about guideline mini series. Like, 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 like. Just and like I said, you can do them in like sixty-five episode cycles, because like I said, I I don't want no these, these are drums so far. I don't want thirteen weeks. No, well I mean I do want thirteen weeks, but I want five episodes. Yes, y'all can do it. Sixty-five episodes, thirteen. Do them like telenovelas. Thirteen weeks of God and Light. Thirteen with As World Turns. They can share the same studio. Cycle them motherfuckers out. That's not hard. It's not hard at all. You do the same thing. All my children want like to live. That's not hard. At the very least, they need to be streaming. I mean, it is ridiculous to not. I mean, we should go on Paramount Plus. And you know how they used to do the tapes back in the day? You know, Reva Shane's top 10 classic moments. Yep. Episodes. Do those on Paramount Plus. Do, you know, with Catherine Hayes, you know, when she passed away, wouldn't it have been so great to turn on your Paramount Plus and you see Kim Hughes' 10 best episodes? Like, yeah, like I, I don't understand that. Like Procter and Gamble, they are sitting on a gold mine, and those stupid motherfuckers refuse to. Why? You don't want more money? I, I don't get it. The I don't even think some of the backlash exists anymore. I think some of those backlash can't don't exist anymore. Period. I, think I don't think do you have. Not, not, I don't think you have. Old shit, but I I guarantee you, the last. 20 years of God and light and after the world turns is still around. The last 20 years of another world is still around. They still got that shit in the dusty ass warehouse somewhere. I hope they will just burn them up or something. No, they're they're not. Like, Procter and Gamble, when it comes to those souls, they have always been that little kid 
that has outgrown a toy. But as soon as somebody else starts playing with that toy, mine, mine, even though it's collecting dust in the closet. Like they no, they still have some of those shows. They have no, they have. They have they're not that stupid. They still have footage. And even if they didn't, I it's about a million motherfuckers on YouTube that got it. Shit. Well, because yeah, I mean, you look at all these award shows, still get that footage. Um, you look at uh talk shows, still get that footage. I mean, we're celebrating the 50th annual daytime Emmys this year. You best believe you're gonna see an old clip of Nancy Hughes up on the jumbotron um <laughs> but yeah i just think you know back to the main point this is a great thing for days of our lives um and i really think they are spearheading the future of soaps which is they are. because honestly if you would have told me a decade ago that days of our lives would be the one to spearhead the future of soap opera i would have probably laughed at you not that i don't love days of our lives because i do that was the first hope i discovered on my own but how many times tigs you know Every six months, plan to save days. The next six months, yeah. on the chopping block. I, I think one of the, one of the things that stood out to NBC was when NBC was going through that horrible period where they had to cut an hour program, and Jay Leno was airing in, in the nine o'clock time slot during that period, and they were just getting soaps canceled left. I mean, soaps shows canceled left and right. Their only constant was Days of Our Lives. And I think NBC paid attention to that. That all the turmoil going on over there back then in the late 2000s, early 20-teens, that was the one thing that stood the test of time, was that one lone soap opera. And they didn't forget that. And I'm glad they did. And even if we don't, like, even if we don't even get our old soaps back, Create some fucking new ones. Like Peacock, y'all could do a spinoff of days, a fictional version of Chicago. It ain't got to be 45 minutes long like an episode of days. It could be 25 minutes long. Pretty much like a 30-minute soap. They still got the rights to passions. Reboot passions. Or just create something totally brand new with a couple of soap vets and some newbies, bare bones, that way you can really control the budget because ain't nobody worried about. Well, how come the original Stank Bottom Elliot ain't in this role no more? Well, because Stank Bottom Elliot costs $7,000 an episode, baby. You know, they and, you know and they will be able to get so best back. Like, you can get a Colleen Zink to, to play Helen Singlebottom because she, she knows she ain't going to be making Barbara Ryan money. Shit. And she ain't did shit in the last 13 years. Like, give us some whole totally new shit. I'll be down for a new soap. Shit. I mean, honestly, contact the people who have moved on from acting behind the scenes. Call Kimberly McCullough to direct that sucker. Call mm -hmm. Bell to be a co-executive producer. Um, I would even say call Gregory J. Martin. You know what? Gregory J. Martin and Crystal Chappelle are co-executive producers of a brand new show. They know how to get shows under budget. Their shows look really good. And then you get somebody like Sally Sussman to write it. You know, it's just, it's not that hard. And soaps, Tiggs, like you always say, Tiggs, you've always said this since season one, episode one. These shows don't cost $50 million to produce anymore. 
not not even 10 million, not even 5 million, not even 2 million. They're not that expensive. Well, I guarantee you, even with YNR, even with both, I'm pretty sure Brad Bell is clocking a little under 25 million a year. Like, if that. And even with Peacock money, Dave's budget still going to be at about $9 million. Shit, like, these shows do not call. We Look up Frank Valentini. He makes GH look like it's 1998. Okay, a smaller 1998. With a, with a, with a bag of Mexican <laughs> jumping beans and a $65 book of <laughs> And that's why, even with, with Peacock, I'm pretty sure the budget is going to go up. We're going to get more sets. I'm not expecting 1991, but I am expecting 2007. If you can give me a budget that they had when Passions was still on, I'll take it. Shit. If you can redo that Kiriakis mansion, you can talk. <laughs> if, 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 motherfucker, now fuck that. If you can give Marlena her penthouse back with the staircase, bitch, then we talk. <laughs> Shit. Please give us Marlena's album. It ain't even got to be hella big like it used to be. Just, you know, a decent size set and give me that motherfucking staircase. Now shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, look, I mean, you know, days you can slowly but surely see money creeping in because, you know, we're not to like the full on Peacock episodes yet. But like you can slowly but surely see the money creeping in here and there. I mean, we've got like a Salem Spectator set. Granted, it's small, but it's a start because that sucker could be much bigger by the time we hit the summer. And, you know, you've got look, Marlena, Kate and Kayla each have their own tube. They look great. <laughs> you know, they look like when you send a check up at the bank. Um, but yeah, I think there's a bright future for days. Now, let's discuss an aspect of that future. Um, it looks like Martha Madison, there's a rumor report that she might be out again as Belle. Um, because on her LinkedIn, Martha put an end date for days. Um, she said she stopped working there this month. Um, so now granted the show still shoots about five months ahead. So even if she did still see her for another, you know, five months. Um, but Alan, what are you thinking of the fact that Martha put an end date of days on her LinkedIn? I wasn't really surprised because she wasn't really used Belle that much since she's been back. They view out as Belle's supporting character, which should be a lead. They don't have Sammy and she's freaking. John and Marlena's daughter, Belle, should be a bigger deal on the show, but she isn't. And it's just really unfortunate. And Martha Madison is my favorite Belle. I know people still miss Kirsten Storms, but Martha Madison is great. She's cock-hungry Belle. But, yeah, ladies never used to her, to her full potential on the show. Yeah, I think Martha, Martha is my favorite Belle as well. I mean, I get it, you know, the nostalgic memories, those are beautiful memories. But it's also two different eras of the character as well. And that, to me, really solidified Martha in this role quite a while ago because Martha has done so well with such heavy material. I still think she should have won the Emmy for the year that Marlena was shot on her wedding day. Like, that was so good. And I think there's a lot of untapped potential with Martha because they don't give her the story. They treat Belle very supporting, and it's such a head-scratcher. Um Tiggs, what are your thoughts on Martha might be leaving the show again? 
And like I said, it's probably going to be something temporary because, you know, Days is on this bullshit. They've been on it for like five years now where they cycle characters in and out and it irritates the fuck out of me. Um, I'm pretty sure Belle, I just hope her and Sean don't break up again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. Like, I Hopefully, maybe, you know, she's going to help Claire with some legal issues in South Africa and be gone for a little while or I, I don't know, something to that nature. But yes, they need to feature her and Sean more like you they're a super couple in their own right there's the children of super couples why aren't Sean Douglas and Isabella driving story on this fucking show and it doesn't always have to be whenever Jerry and Jan Spears pops up crazy ass up like no like it, I, really they should have left that baby at Sean's because yeah. that could have been great story that could have been great story um I'm sure she'll be back. It's just that, you know, Martha keeps it real. You know, when Martha wasn't working, like, at days, Martha, she like, look, I got a husband, I got babies. I, I She was waitress, okay? Like, Martha keeps it real. Martha's like, oh, I need some money, and I need it right now. So, I don't know. Maybe she was on a short-term contract, and it's about to be up, and they haven't tried to renew it yet. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure she'll be back, and I, I just want them to have a good story. Like, th there's so much they can do with Sean and Bill. I understand that, yes, we got burnout their first go around. Like, that nine years from 99 to 08, good God damn. They threw everything but the kitchen sink and the furnace at Sean and Bill. They needed to rest back then. But it's been 15 years since they've really driven story. Yeah, that bullshit back in 2015. Oh, you didn't like. No, I did not like. I did not like um, <laughs> Bill. I did not like Bill. Bill messing around with Philip Balls. <laughs> but but, yeah, um, but I think you know that's a bigger issue on days that we've discussed before. Is that you know the normal cycle of soap opera used to be that Marlena's current story would have been given to Bill because it's a natural progression. You know, it's like. They didn't have Tom and Alice doing the kiss and booth. They had Bo and Hope doing the kiss and booth. You know, it's like, it's a natural progression, but Days has stopped that progression. But, you know, it's not, that's not just a Days problem either, because I think GH has stopped that progression. Why and r and b Because the shows are different now, and we know that. But it's like, I was talking about this with my friend Galen one day, who's been a guest co-host here, and he said something so great. He was like, don't you remember a time where you were watching a soap and you knew that soap was going to carry on for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? You just, you knew it in your mind. And now you watch these shows and it's like, oh, no wonder they haven't naturally progressed generations and they've kind of stalled that. Because you can't say with certainty that you'll see the Young and the Restless continue for the next 30 years. You know what I mean? Um, but you could... Yeah, they're giving Dick freaking stories that should be going to Noah. Exactly. Yeah. It's that, like, the natural progression has stopped, and I think the reason for that is is because you were confident that stories that Victor was getting in 1985, by the time Josh got there in 1994, those types of stories and love triangles were going to... well. That's probably not the best example because those continued with Victor up until about 10 years ago, but still. Um, 
they've stopped that natural progression. And so I'm hoping that when Martha comes back, if she does leave and comes back again, which I'm sure she will, that they do give her a lead story that they would have given somebody like a Marlena 20 years ago. We'll see. Yeah, they they, they have to. Like, and and it's not even about not knowing that these shows are going to be on in 30 years. So what? Like you said, just keep the natural progression on. Like once all this is said and done, and and everybody knows that Bo and Marlena and Kate and Kayla are all alive and they're with their loved ones again, I don't want to see no more shit with these geriatric motherfuckers. Yes, I love them dearly. They can be a part of the story, but it needs to be their children and their grandchildren keeping this shit going. Why? Steve and Kayla are the only super couple on that fucking show without grandchildren. I'm not saying I won't Stephanie knocked up by one of those doofuses right now, but I'm just saying we need to work right, towards Alex. that. We need to work towards that though. Um, but yeah, like, like, you know, why don't we have like Sean being a hero? We got Paul being a hero, but he barely on screen. Cause Sean Christopher Sean is booked. Brady's a fucking idiot. Eric's being a fucking idiot. It's like, you know, what should have happened if the progression of generations had not stopped on a soap, the natural thing to do, you know, a soap head writer from 30 years ago would have been like, okay, Orpheus is 70 now, but he's got that son. So maybe the son should poison Stephanie and um, Belle. You know what I mean? And then it would have been Brady and Sean who would have gone to want to kill Evan. But exactly. Like, but no, you turn Evan into this bisexual doofus. <laughs> like, why? The actor is, is is pretty to look at. He was halfway decent, a lot of potential. No, you turn him into some goofball that knocked up Jan Spears that can't do shit right. Thanks. And even even I'm just gonna be real, even uh, you know, Jan Spears is getting a little old to still be on this bullshit. Like, girl, it's time to pack it up. Like, but then, I mean, well, I mean, but but you can't say that, Casey, because let Patty Williams pop up and shoot the shit out of Jack again. You're gonna piss on yourself. It's nothing wrong with her being still psycho and shit. But that's why I said they should have left that baby Sean. It, it would have gave her a viable reason to still be torturing Sean and Bell. I mean, hell, you know, we want our vets, but we want our vets and more, you know, grounded story. And more, you know, what I will say, on the flip side, the Young and the Restless is kind of writing their vets kind of well, some of them. Like, Jack is finally in a romance that makes sense. That's not with 29-year-old Alice Hunter. Makes sense. Uh, it would help if they got Sharon out of that fucking coffee house, though. Um, who's another vet I really like? Oh, Ashley. I think Ashley's being written very well. Um, you know, Ashley is... A woman of a certain age who's sexy and buying up companies. Aaron's wearing horny for Nate. Yeah. She wants him to pull up to the bumper. Why yeah. not? <laughs> well, I, think, I think with YNR, the only, I'll pull up to the their, bumper, babe. No, out of all of their best, the only thing they need to do, they need to give Michael and Lauren a story, give Sharon a story. Nicholas needs to grow the fuck up and realize he's in the yeah, city Nick- with a step grandson. And once Phyllis has this whole explosion, they need to learn how they have to build that character back up again in a smart and creative way. 
And I will even say, you know, Nikki, they need to go ahead and have Nikki say, I don't want to do that co-CEO stuff anymore because like this past week with Nikki was fantastic writing. She was planning galas. She was talking about the history of the show. She was, you know, having lunch with Summer. Like that's all Nikki needs to do. Yeah, that's all they need to do. Like I said, they can bring, they need to bring back Casey. Yeah. Kill her off in three months. Let Casey have a daughter that Nikki takes under her wing. Do shit like that. Like that's what Nikki needs to be doing. Because her being a co seed that's a name only. Victoria makes all the fucking decisions. She just got Nikki there being a cheerleader. Yeah, Nikki isn't even... I love that Nikki is not concerned about Victoria wanting McCall Unlimited. I love that so much because, you know, when Victor was telling her, she was like, oh my God, well, I hope that works out. Like, Nikki, this is your half of the company. Like, what do you mean you hope that works out? Like, Nikki was, should have never been co-CEO. It's just stupid. It's so out of character for her. It makes no sense. It's just like when they tried to write her as a damn senator. I'm like, what the hell are y'all doing? This makes no sense. This is not Nikki Newman. And like they said, like, even with Nick going back to Newman, I don't really like that. Like, you spent your entire adult life railing against that. Why go back? No, Nick shouldn't be there either. Like, they, like, like Casey or somebody suggested... Nick could have ran for mayor of Gen- General City. Oh, he was going oh, to. I suggest a lot, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like I could see that. Like, something. Like, because he's always be been a goody two shoes. It doesn't make sense to put him in a Nick's corporate world because he's now he doesn't fit there. He's, he's more like his mom than he ever has been like Victor. Yeah. And, and, and like, like when they did that whole Dark Horse thing, oh, that was nauseating. Trying to turn him into Adam Light. Ugh. No. That, that, that was, was out of character for him, too. We saw that they they forget. We saw this little boy grow up. We know who he is. He's always been more like Nikki. That's his name is damn Nick. He's always been more like Nikki than he has been Victor. So to putting him in the corporate world and trying to make him like Adam and try to make him like Victor never made any fucking sense. And I'm, I, I wish that somebody would go back and be like, oh, yeah, my bad. Like this week, I actually I know we're not talking about Young Records, but like somebody I said this on Twitter, somebody actually. Now. <laughs> well, well, somebody actually went back and saw old clips of Victoria and was like, oh, this is who she's supposed to be because she hasn't been written. You know, I don't know that you said, we talked about this last week, but she hasn't been re- written as her, you know, Victor's daughter in a long time. And so somebody remembered that, oh, this is who she's supposed to be. And if they, if they keep up with that, then I'll like this version of her. But she's been there a long time. And this is the first time I've actually liked Victoria, this version of Victoria. <laughs> I think the last time she acted like Victor. Now, there have been stories for Victoria that I've liked over the years, but truly the last time she acted like Victor was during the Beauty of Nature story. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think what really hurt Victoria, and yes, I, I liked the first iteration of this couple. I did. But it was Billy. Say it. It was Billy. Like, like pre-Billy, Victoria was still Victoria. Like mm-hmm. when her and Billy got into each other's orbit, that's when she got to turn it into whiny, bitchy Victoria. And I didn't like that. Well, it was specifically when they bought that house, though, because I love. Yeah, it. I didn't like it. Didn't like yeah. it. And she was having like sex in his trailer and she was like, you're an abbot and you live here. What's wrong with you? Like, that was hilarious. And then Victor having her arrested on her wedding day. But then as soon as they decided to remodel that house, I knew we were in trouble. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just it always goes back to who's writing the show at the time, mm-hmm. right? So it's just like to me, it's just like when you have certain writers that come in, well, this is my vision for Victoria. This is my vision for, and you can have a vision for the character, but you can't have a vision for a character that's completely and totally opposite of who that character has been for the last 30 years. So yeah. it's you can have character growth. I'm not saying you can't have that, but when you start writing them as somebody who they was never supposed to be in the first place, that's when we have an issue, and that's when we start getting these really weird people doing odd stuff that we like. Why are they? Why is Nikki in this talking about business and murder? She don't know what she's talking about. You know what I mean? It's just like it doesn't make any sense, and no. that's what the problem I have. Like when they do that, is writers come over and they're like, "Well, I think they should be this type of person." Yeah, when you got a whole ass history. This is not a brand new show. You do that on a brand new show. This yeah, is not a brand, a brand new, new character. It's like exactly, and, and that's my whole thing. At this point in the game, Nicholas should be written like Ned Quartermain. He should be written like Justin Kidiakis. He should be the gatekeeper, the peacemaker of the family. He could still be a hoe. Ned was keeping the peace and still being a hoe. Justin was keeping the peace and still being a hoe. But that's how that's how Nicholas should be written right now. Not some horn dog, horny for a 30 year old that's knocked up by his brother. Put his brother. Nick back with Sharon and yes. let's be done with it. Yes. And just you be done with it. Yes. You put him back with Sharon. I would have like bought the Nick and Sally story a lot more had there actually been stakes. But I think that's our main problem. For me, it's not that Nick is sleeping with a 30 year old because you know he's still very attractive at 50 and whatnot it's the fact that there's no story summer and sally are no longer feuding sally and phyllis are no longer feuding sally is not blackmailing any newman to get her job back at newman media that was stolen from her by nate and victoria it's like there's no stakes and so it's not good soap opera because if you are going to bring a character out of their element and what they should be at their age, you have to have good soap opera. And it's not good soap opera. <laughs> like nobody, like we were talking about this with the baby daddy storyline, which I still say to this day, I do not care who that baby daddy is because nothing happens if it's this one or the other ones. And the problem, like, it's just weird that you having this whole conversation about, oh, uh, you know, my daughter doesn't like you. Your daughter don't like you because she the same fucking age as her. That's why she don't like her. And she did all that stuff to her. It's weird. And it's weird that y'all sit up there having sex while this girl is pregnant with your brother's daughter or bro- a son or daughter. That don't make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, it's like, it's like no, it, and, and it is the age thing, Casey, because it's no, weird. When, 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 no, when Victor and Jack were 50, we were groaning. When they were pawing all over 30-year-olds, and we're going to do it with Nicholas. Yes, Joshua Morrow is still fine as a motherfucker, but that's that, so what? Sharon Case fine as a motherfucker, and I don't want Chance anywhere fucking near her. Sharon Case is 52, Connor Florida is 29. But the now, character of Chance is 35. It's really- I don't give a good goddamn steal. Sharon is only a few years younger so than I Nina. To, I, went to- I didn't like her when she was all up in Scotty's face. I was right there with Lauren. You stay away from Scotty. So anyway. it's like it feels very much the same when they was putting Sharon when Victor and we was like what in the oh, Sam yeah. hell is going on we was like this is ridiculous <laughs> it's just it doesn't make any the, the thing first of all the pairing never made any sense no. and then you go pair them and then you try to conjure up this drama like oh it's the other brothers uh, uh, that she's pregnant with 
Nobody gave a goddamn in the first yeah. place who she was pregnant. And plus, the way it's written is, it, it feels like Adam, I mean, Nick and Sally are just together out of spite. Like, Sally it's is just weird. Yeah, she's using Nicholas because she doesn't want to let herself fall for Adam again. Nick is using her because he loves to be Captain Save a Hole, and she's young and hot. Exactly. So this is in that character's wheelhouse for that portion of the story. He's always done that. Nick has always wanted to save the hot younger girl going back to Sharon. And for me, yes, I want Nick and Sharon back together, but I'm talking about the dynamics of storytelling and good soap opera. My thing is, is there is a difference between a 33-year-old being with, well, and Nick is actually younger than Victoria on the show. So yes, Josh Morrow is 50, but Nick is really like 47. Then 75-year-old Jack, in 29-year-old Alice Hunter. There's a huge difference. Yes, I get what you're saying. We groaned when Victor did it in 1998, even when Victor did it in like 2007, uh, because there was Sabrina, but still, it's like, and Sharon, but still. Uh, and you forgot how he was all up in, um, in Lorna Devon's face, too, back in 2016. Prison nurse. Prison doctor. Oh, Jesus. I forgot about that, Lord. Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference between a 20-year age gap and a 45-year age gap, Peter Bergman and Alice Hunter. So, to me, I didn't groan as much. I groan because it's not good storytelling. Like Chaz said, why, do, why Josh Griffith, why do we care who the dad is? Because it doesn't matter. There's this isn't Jill Abbott being pregnant with Billy. This isn't Jill sleeping with Jack when she was married to John. It's just the or it's not it's not scandalous. It's juvenile. And, and then, like I said, and it's bad storytelling it is because it's like okay, what Sally did to Summer was barely two years ago, and it's like Nicholas, you just don't give a fuck what this bitch did. To your that's daughter. what I. That's my other like, point. You, you this li literally it, it, put it, your daughter through fucking hell. And for a job, you go in your mind and say, "Ooh, I want to go date her." It's yeah, fucking exactly. stupid. I wish, Sally Spectra, I wish Sally Spectra would put me through hell because if my ending is going to Paris, excuse me, Milan, for <laughs> then go ahead, girl, put me through hell. But that just, but that also speaks to lack of stakes. Like we didn't give it. Oh, you went to Paris. Congratulations. But to me, it's just like. Stakes, remember when the stakes used to be. Brooke sending Macy a bottle of champagne when she knew that woman was newly sober. Uh, yeah. so remember when the stakes used to be Catherine Chancellor saying Philip, well, Chance, couldn't bear, well, not Chance, sorry, Tom Beards could not bear the Chancellor name. Like, where are those stakes? There there's are just, there's not, there aren't any. But the thing about it is, is that yeah. instead of doing what makes sense for the history of the show, Again, you have a writer, but well, I think it should be this. When you're ignore, you have one character, Sharon, who's doing absolutely nothing, who has led storyline on the show for years. And you have another character, and it, it makes no way, no matter how you write it, it doesn't make sense to have Nick and Sharon or Nick and um, Sally together. It makes this is the, the same lady that gave your daughter so much grief that's the same age as your damn daughter. It's just like, so let's put them together and then make her pregnant with, with his brother and then see what the drama is. That's no drama because we don't care. If we didn't care from the beginning. So it's just like, oh, let's make her. We still don't care. But it doesn't even make sense for the character because no father 
would do that to his daughter. Exactly. That's why this whole thing makes no sense. Mm -hmm. This is like the, it still doesn't. There's no fallout. Oh, you're with my dad. Okay, she uh, she's not really mad with her dad. She's mad at uh, Sally, but she should be pissed at her father too. So that's why that whole there's so many beats that are always missed with the show nowadays. It's just like Nick wouldn't even do that. He loves one thing. He loves he loves his children. He would not do anything to hurt them. So why in the hell would you put him with his daughter's villain, with the one that would be causing her so much pain and trouble? That makes no sense. They're the same fucking age. When Sharon is sitting at that coffee house talking to everybody to come in there. <laughs> like, it would have been more it would have been more scandalous if he started sniffing around on. Yeah. That would have yeah. been so beer. Yeah, I would have taken that. It's just the, the this Sharon is the... been like, you need your ass whooped. Yeah. Like, that's that's of your son. <laughs> um, but anyway, Bruce, let's go to you. Um, that's our Y and R topic for tonight. Sorry, <laughs> we, we all know how we got here, but we're here. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it looks like Phyllis is going to be faking her death. Oh, uh, for fuck's sake! I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let me shut up. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually all for this. <laughs> um, because it's it's. I mean, I know it seems childish and it's kind of like reverting Phyllis back to her earlier stages, but I think we needed to see Phyllis in a storyline that was interesting for her. And if she's going to regress, I want to see her regress. I want to see her break down and then eventually like some sort of recovery mode to actually, I think Chelsea is getting the story that Phyllis should have gotten because Phyllis should have been broken down at some point to rock bottom and then had to recover herself and build, try to build herself back up and everything like that. And Chelsea should have just stayed crazy. But um, I'm interested in seeing how this plays out because I, I, I wanted to see something happen. And this is actually something interesting happening on the show because not many interesting things happen on this show. And if um, Jeremy Stark is a part of that, then it's giving James Hyde something to do, and I hope that they keep him around, but I think I heard that he might be leaving soon, or there was some hint that he's leaving soon, but I want them to keep him around and, and possibly pair the two of, them, two of them together, and this is a plot of theirs. Alan, what about you? What are your thoughts? I hope it's the climax of Phyllis hating Diane for a while, because it's gone for over a year now, and this needs to be the end point for a while because it's getting tired. I'm tired of Phyllis ranting about Diane every goddamn day. We haven't seen Allie in months, but we can hear Phyllis's every thought about Diane multiple days a week, and it's tired now. I hate it. It just needs to end for a while. I'm tired. Yeah, it, it's like there has to be something else. <laughs> like, the story... I think that, you know, a revenge plot for Phyllis versus Diane made perfect sense on paper. However, there's a couple things. One, Diane hasn't done anything. That's what that's my whole thing. Number two, this is all Phyllis is doing. Phyllis doesn't have a love interest right now. Phyllis doesn't have a job. Um, Phyllis 
has her children there, but it's like they're a non-factor. I mean, I know she meddled in Daniel's life and whatnot, but it's like, I don't know. There's just the character of Phyllis is, it's like she's stuck in a rut, but she's not. It's just, and I think the problem with that is that these people have multiple stories. Jack has two stories on the show, right? He's got, well, really, he's got a couple. He's got Diane's romance. He's got Jeremy Stark. And he's got all the drama at Jabot with Adam's resignation and wanting Billy back. Um, Ashley's got a romance with Tucker, buying Tucker's company. She's in scenes with uh, Victor again. Nikki's got the gala, Newman Enterprises. Everybody's got like multiple stories. So why does soap superstar Michelle Stafford why has she been stuck with this horrible material for this character? It's like, I don't mind the Diane story, but it needs to progress faster and it needs to come to an end. It's just Phyllis either needs to be written out after this, and I mean like for a year or two years, or she needs to go to a psychiatric hospital, get healed from this, and move it the frick along. Yeah, she's in a loony bin for a year. She and you know what? Sharon needs to be her therapist. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Casey, that's what this could lead to. This could lead to a breakdown, and then finally, her children addressing that with her. Like, like Summer comes to her mom. You need to go. You need to go get treatment. You need help. And she's still going on about Diane. And I think part of the issue with um, Phyllis not necessarily having anything to do is that it was basically a money grab when she was at GH because they did not know what to do with her when they brought her back. Um, I think that Gina's Phyllis was better written than Michelle's Phyllis has been written these last years. She was five. better acted too, but whatever. <laughs> I said it. I don't give a damn. I said what I said. <laughs> Okay, I um, but um, they did not know what to do with her when they brought her back. So mm -hmm. they just threw her in these different situations, the hotel wars and peeking around corners and being in everybody's business and everything. And then once they brought Diane back, that was supposed to be like this big story for Phyllis and everything like that. But it's really just made her into a paranoid freak for the last year. And that, like you said, that is literally her conversation every episode. I want her dead. I want her gone. Like, okay, but what's what is she doing to you? She's not doing anything to you. She hadn't done a damn thing to that lady. She ain't done nothing. And that's that. That's the again. We talked about stakes earlier, right? That's the problem. It's just like okay, let's raise the stakes. All she's doing all of this for what? What did Diane, she came back alive. Great. What did she do to you since she's been back? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Oh, and so, like, this whole breakdown about, you would think that she at least, you know, did something to her, took her out of come, did something. Everything that has Phyllis has done has been self-destructive because this lady has not done anything to you this entire time. Diane should have done something. Right. Then it would have made sense and we would have been okay with it. Diane should have done something and gaslit Phyllis. And then that would have made a whole lot more. Because can you imagine if Diane did do something to Phyllis and nobody knew about it and that's how Phyllis gets ostracized? Like, you know, Diane, while they were at Marchetti, could have 
hacked the Marchetti systems and made it look like Phyllis was laundering money. Mm -hmm. Um, Or Diane could have blackmailed Phyllis with the death of Tim Reed from a decade ago. It's like Diane should have done something. That's where this movie falls short. And, you know, and it's been the same thing with every person, like the same thing with Nikki and the same thing with Ashley. And we're going to team up and put them in Mean Girls together and be like, we got to, we hate her. We want to get her out of here. She ain't done nothing to y'all. Calm your asses down. Notice, however, that Ashley and Nikki no longer do the Diane story. Ashley and Nikki now have completely different stories. Ashley is with Tucker. Nikki's planning the bicentennial. It's, yeah. But why did we keep Phyllis here? <laughs> why couldn't we yeah, have something else for her to do? Yeah, they did not have, when they came back, they literally didn't have anything for her to do. You know, she was fooling around with, um, what's her name? Jesus. I forgot her name. Not Chelsea, the other girl I don't like. Um, Abby. Um, she was fooling around with her over a damn hotel. We was like, why are you 50 year old, 60 year old lady arguing with this 30 year old girl? That make, don't make any sense. But the problem is, and I think, Alan, you said it, is that when she came back, it's just like, okay, we've had her do all of these things for nothing. And I think you're right. I think she needs to be off screen for like a solid year at this point because I'm tired. I am literally tired of this character. And I used to love Phyllis. I used to love Phyllis when she was up against Christine and Drew and Sharon. I loved her all the time. Right. I was most of the, some of the time I was on her side, except for when she was up against Drew. But now I'm just like, oh, please get this lady off my screen because it's too much. It's too much. Like, and there's some care, some acting choices that gets too much to me. And I, I, I rarely talk about someone's performances on here because I, I try to keep it separate, but it's just the repeating of the same sentence and the, the way that things are done, it just makes it less tolerable for me. So I'm just like, if she going, I guess they're trying to set her up for the killing her, whatever, and it's going to try to blame Diane for it, which still wouldn't make any fucking sense. Why would Phil, why would Diane want to kill Phyllis over what? What what does she do to you? Does she want to kill you? That make any sense? I wonder if she's framing Diane, or I don't know. It was just very weird this past week when. Remember when Phyllis went to Crimson Lights and she told Kyle and Summer she was worried about Jeremy? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. What is Phyllis's plan? Is she secretly on Diana Jack's side and she's doing all of this to get Jeremy out of town because she realizes her mistake and how dangerous he is? And is that like her redemption story? I, I don't know. There's just when it comes. No, she was lying. She's trying to cover her tracks because she's working with. With Jeremy to, to, to do whatever you know because when she was sitting up there talking with Lauren Lauren was looking at her girl I know you ain't sitting there telling this bald faced lie to these people and they believe her <laughs> and Diane didn't believe her she I was looking her. at her like girl you sitting up here lying come on now it's just you know it's crazy it's just like I don't know where they're going with this I, but wherever they go can you please hurry up and get there so we can, can get off over this Phyllis versus Diane thing because this iteration of it has not been it at all. So they're filming, they're doing Phyllis's funeral now because Christian LeBlanc posted that picture with Tracy. Uh, <laughs> I cannot deal with this. So they're doing it now. We're going to really go through. Uh, okay. She so passed gonna, away. All right. She passed away. So it doesn't make any sense because, um, okay, 
what is the end game here? We're gonna what see. is the end game here? Like, Phyllis, you're not going to stay play dead. You're not going to stay away from your children. Right. And your but, grandchildren. And why, why put, and why put Daniel and Summer through this? You're, you're no better than what Diane did to Kai. Right. Like, like, what's the end game here? I'm not understanding. I'm like, is this going to be a big exit for Phyllis? Because, you know, it's been four years. Michelle Stafford's contract is up for renewal. Either that or maybe she really is going to turn the tables on Jeremy. Because you're right, Tix. I don't see how she can come back from this. Because then she would have been doing the same thing Diane did. And literally, Phyllis has always said to Diane since she came back last March. Was it last March? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, year ago. Um, she's been harping on her. How could you leave your child? Okay, Phyllis, how could you leave your children and your granddaughter? How, maybe, how- I, maybe it's some bit she's tricking Jeremy. I but think- then my thing is, it's like, why the hell would you be tricking Jeremy? Because it's you the one that brought him back in the first place. Like, uh, maybe this is her way to fix well, it, I guess. I don't know. When she brought him into town, that's when Phyllis really got ostracized by everybody, including. Nikki and Ashley. So, yeah. Maybe this is like going to be like, I got you. Yeah. What did you say, Alan? This feels like excellent writing. It really yeah. does. Yeah. It feels like maybe Phyllis really will die and then, you know, come back two years and she was kept in a coma. And she had a brain tumor or something. Something to explain this. Even with it, 90s fillers wasn't this bad. 90s fillers was batshit crazy, but she was not this bad. Like you said, Chaz, that's when you could kind of be on Phyllis's side a little bit. You kind of understood there. Phyllis wasn't like Sheila Carter. Like, to me, Sheila Carter crazy shit with no regret. Phyllis kind of had some regrets, and also, you could kind of be on her side. You kind of hated Cricket sometimes with her, because you know, she looked at Cricket, and it was like, oh, you know, holier than thou. Christine, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that couldn't get on your nerves. But now it's like, dude, what are you doing? So you know what? I actually wouldn't hate it, even if it was six months. You know what? Yeah, kill Phyllis off. We reveal on a Friday tag she's in a coma. Nobody knows it, and there you go. For the next six months to a year, we are Phyllis free. And then yeah, Chaz, was it you or Alan who said brain tumor? There you go. Yeah, the tumor. She has some she has something just to make it make sense because, or she, because I, I wouldn't. I don't want to see Michelle Stafford, and I'm sorry, I don't want to see her. No Fairview, she crazy for a little bit. Take I don't want to see that because that's how they're gonna play it, and I don't want to see that. I feel bad for Michelle. Michelle, is I do too. Best actresses in soap history, in my opinion. She is. It's just she's when she came back, she just. I, I know this is a role she originated, but. It has not been. Yeah, going no, that well. because no, they they had nothing to do with Phyllis for Phyllis. It's yeah. like they just they just bought her back because contract negotiations broke down with GH, and she was available. That's yeah. it. And then they bought her back, and it was just like okay, because even when Gina Tonyoni was still in the role, and Phyllis was spiraling around the same time four years ago, she was spiraling. Beyond that, they didn't have much for Phyllis after even if Gina would have stayed in the world. They didn't have much for Phyllis after that. And so when Michelle came back, they had to go back to the drawing board. Figure something and out. Then, and then for three years, there was nothing. 
And then they got Susan Walters back. And it was like, okay, okay, okay. But now we're a year into that. And it's like, what are we doing here? They've definitely got themselves in a rock and hard place. And I, I feel bad for it too. It's I do too, like, because it's like it's like Phyllis is circling the drain. Mm-hmm. She's almost kind of getting the same type of writing that GH gave Nicholas Cassidy. It's just like, what's the point? Yeah. yeah. I don't see any point of any of this. It's, it no, no, it goes real, back it's to... The, it's the same thing, Chaz, with Nicholas Cassidy. Like, they wrote that character into a corner, and now the character's been put in a coma and put on ice and shit for a while, but then when the character eventually wakes up and they bring him back, now what? You've ruined this character. You wrote him into a corner. What now? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing with Phyllis. What's next for Phyllis? What are we going to do now? Remains to be seen. But they, I got to figure something out because this, this, this version of Phyllis, I can't, I can't take it no more. I cannot take it anymore. Because at least with Billy, they're slowly starting to rebound Billy. He's going back to Jabot. Yes, he's sniffing around Chelsea, but if that if that's handled right, I don't mind that. Jason Thompson, Missy Egan got chemistry. All they have to do is just let Johnny find out how he was conceived, and he needs to know the full fucking truth. Blow that shit apart. Yeah. And that storyline. Yeah. As long as Billy is in a good storyline and he got his punk ass Edgebo cosmetics, I'm fine with Billy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the moment they put that boy on them damn podcasts, cancel it. Ooh, oh, Billy, okay. gone. No <laughs> more podcasts. Okay. Billy, get somewhere and sit down. That's so funny. We're talking about we don't want to see no more podcasts. Well, we are <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Fuck podcasts. Why are you listening to us? Shame <laughs> on you. That idea to Jack. Uh, oh god can you imagine him talking about cosmetics jesus in the morning <laughs> don't want to hear this we can have someone from estee louder on oh god <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about makeup why are we talking about makeup we can't see it that's stupid don't you do that storyline but you know what it's not all doom and gloom Lyandar is going to kick off the week of its 50th anniversary, beginning March 23rd, uh, with the return of many fan favorites, as we've already discussed. Um, And also on March 22nd, you can catch a special primetime documentary of The Young and the Restless presented by Entertainment Tonight that will look back on 50 years in Genoa City, have 19 different interviews, honor the late stars Gene Cooper and Christoph St. John, and give you a special look at what's to come on CBS's number one um, daytime soap opera. So yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. Let's talk about B&B, which was originally not on our hot topics list tonight, but something happened at the end of today's episode. Mm. Uh, Torsten K returned as Ridge uh, with a man bun. Um, and <laughs> so... He shared scenes with Don Diamant because now it's been revealed that this whole time, this whole entire time, Ridge and Bill have been working with the F- with the So Alan 
since you you so watch oh jesus what are your thoughts on this big huge plot twist total fucking rewrite it makes no fucking sense if it was spent from the beginning because they got a fucking shield off the hook for murder just for Bill to be going after Sheila. Like, yeah, tell me about everything you've done. What have you done, Sheila? I've done bad things too. I'm going to rub my dick on you. Tell me what you've done. Watching from FA headquarters. With his bad bun. And it made so fucking sense. They had Sheila dead to rights. For fucking shooting Ben and shooting <laughs> Steffi. He didn't they did not need <clears throat> fucking Bill to rub his dick on Sheila for what's happening. Yeah, I wish I wish you called the name of this podcast. Let me rub my dick <laughs> on you. Oh, I will never be here. No. <laughs> oh Lord. Like if you want if you want somebody to tell you a good story, Alan can take some of the most asinine or the most boringest shit. And Alan can turn that he he need to pitch TV shows because mm-hmm. Alan can go to Walmart for about twenty five minutes and he can pitch a whole plug for a pilot and you will be screaming. Dixon self checkouts coming this fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Um. Okay. Um. So hey, you get on my motherfucking nerves. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I I don't even know where to go from there. Um, I think I mean, does anybody want to say anything about? This? I'm gonna say it. God damn it! I'm coming to it right this damn minute. Oh Alan said it already. This is a damn rewrite. This is what Brad Bell does. He doesn't write long story anymore. He comes up with these storylines. Well, let's try this out and see if that works. And then you start seeing the ratings and you start seeing the feedback that you was getting of this ridiculous ass storyline with with Sheila fucking Carter being in a in a being as a heroine, having an affair with Deacon and being afraid of what uh 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 what's the boy name Bill is gonna say? Sheila Carter is afraid of Bill. It was ridiculous, and you know that this was a rewrite because. At the beginning, you're absolutely right. Why in the hell would they have needed to have done this when we know that Sheila was the one that shot them in the first damn place? Why did this have to be done? It's a cult. It makes no sense that Bill would have been pulled into this mess in the first fucking place. Because number number one, why would Bill have to have anything to do with this? Number one. Number two, Bill and Ridge hate each other. So why would they be working together to, to get out Sheila? This makes no sense. On no front does this make any type of sense whatsoever. And this is what Brad does. He gets himself into a pickle. He starts, starts seeing people like, this is some bullshit. What are you doing? And then he just rewrites it and goes in a completely, totally different direction. He's been doing this for years. And some of those so fa- oh my God, this is a great, great twist. This ain't no great twist. It's just like he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And now he's trying to correct the shit. My this is ridiculous. It is so insulting. It's insulting to the fucking fans of the show that watch it is because it happens all the time. It makes us look like we fucking stupid for watching the show in the first place because they play in our face all the damn time. 
with ridiculous storylines, with rewrites of stuff that we saw the day before, having people parrot stuff that's about to happen, of once telling one story on this entire show. The show is a mess. It is a fucking mess. And it's been like this for a while. And they wonder why we are all soap fans that that listen and um, talk on this podcast. And we got one motherfucker watching the show. It's because we've had enough. Exactly. Well, and my thing is, the most ridiculous part to me is not Bill and Bridge working together, believe it or not. The most ridiculous part to me is the FBI doesn't need two people to conduct this. <laughs> this is so funny. Hey, Sheila Carter, okay. Sheila Carter, in 1990, drug Scott. In 91, she bought a brokered baby and switched it with Lauren Finmore's baby. She's assaulted Lauren Finmore in 92, 93, 95, and 2005. She kidnapped Lauren and held her prisoner with her mother in 92. She faked her death in 92. She left the nanny, Judy Paraplegic, in 92. She blackmailed Lauren and Brad with the photo puzzle of their affair in 93. What I'm basically saying is the FBI can't catch Sheila on 40 years of crime. <laughs> like, That's what I'm saying. She shot, damn it, she shot Brooke. She didn't shot Taylor. She Thank shot Stephanie. She didn't shot and kill. Tried to kill all these damn people. And now this is the one thing we gotta get her to confess. That's Are you fucking kidding me? This is what you gotta do. They show flashbacks are killing that guy out the window, and they yeah. show flashbacks are killing Lance's bees. She needs a. They need a publisher and a fashion designer to form a sting operation on Sheila Carter. Sheila Carter, it is now common knowledge that she attempted murder on a world-renowned doctor who turned out to be her son and a fashion CEO. She, It is known knowledge now that she almost killed Lee when Lee's car bust out into flames. She held Lee hostage and Finn ho But sure, this is where the FBI really needs... We, we gotta get her to say it. This is so oh, you gotta dig her down for us. Stupid. Do it for your country. And we gotta put Don Diamond in this bullshit. This it it just makes me so mad. Is because I hate as a viewer when my intelligence is insulted. And every time I watch this show, I feel insulted as a longtime viewer of this show. And that may, it, it it doesn't have to be this way because he don't have to write shit like this. I don't know what the hell has gotten into Brad Bill over these last 10 years. This is bullshit. It makes no sense. And I'm not going to sit there and watch. He had already pissed me off with some terrible ass storylines. But this, oh, it's a twist. You ain't already had Mandingo go, right? You've already done that terrible shit. And you just, you're not getting any better. You're not getting any better. It's, he needs to let go of the head writing of the bold and the beautiful and give it to somebody else that is up to do the job. Because this, you can stay executive producer. The show looks great. Wonderful. But you got to get somebody in there to write this damn show. Because this is an embarrassment for soap operas. And we've had this year some storylines where I was scrolling through Twitter like, well, they did what now? But now you're just going to go and just rewrite something and it makes no sense to anything. That pisses me off and I hate being feel like I'm being lied to as a viewer because we've been watching the show for so damn long and we know the history. This is stupid. For anybody that's been watching this show more than 10 years, it is stupid and it's an insult to us and I cannot stand it. Okay, I'm, I'm shutting up now. So, Bruce, what are your thoughts on Bridget? 
No, I haven't watched this show in years. <laughs> but hearing about this revelation, it's like, what does the FBI need their help for? I I I don't understand. And like you said, Sheila is notorious. She's like she's like Teflon Don. She is a notorious villain. And people know she did all these crimes. Now all of a sudden they need their help to take her down. I don't, I don't understand. I'm just waiting for the show to do the late in life, late in life lesbianism. I've been waiting for that. I keep hearing it. <laughs> I just want to see. Where was that? Where was the damn up. FBI when she was serving stuff at El Jordillo? She was a criminal then. Where? No, no. Where was the FBI at when she had that motherfucking militia? She had Phil's face. Oh my lord, it's so ridiculous. How did we get here? Is she walking around free serving pizza? No, and how was she when they prison? It would have made more sense if they had explained like that Deacon would have been working with the FBI because he was trying to clean his motherfucking um rap sheet. I would have been okay with that. And yeah, and it could have been something like, Yes, we did have Sheila in jail. But because of some bullshit, she was going to slip through the crack. She was going to get out. I get that. If they did that, no. Or it could have been just Bill and Deacon working together. I would have bought they that. They, they could have been like, okay, we need a rich motherfucker that's going to bail this stupid, this crazy bitch out of shit. And then Deacon just went to Bill and said, look, I'm doing this for your daughter. I'm doing this for my daughter. And I'm doing this for our grandchildren. Are you with me? Bill, like, all right, that. let's go. Let's go. But, but you like, put Riz, Riz, but no, Riz but no, is stupid. This, he ain't yeah, never been smart. This is a clear rewrite. No, Brad saw the backlash and, and Margot Wayne probably said, now look, you're not going to keep running in and out of this motherfucking house. You let my ace <laughs> out. <laughs> and he went back and he did it, and he did a rewrite. Because yeah, this shit is fucking stupid. Like you said, no. Bro- Ridge would not be doing this. Ridge is, should be somewhere nursing his wounds fucking a 30-year-old. A 30-year-old that's a blonde with Taylor's eyes. Like, no, he should be doing some shit like that. He should be fucking some up-and-coming fashion model at Forrester International. He could have went to Forrester International to clear his head and he didn't took up with some little French tippet. That's what he needs to be doing. Not this stupid shit. Ridge ain't never been smart. He ain't exactly. never been the smartest dude. Now he got the enough common no sense type to do of damn shit. Dragnet. We already know. Stephanie's yeah, smartest I, child was always foolish. Wouldn't it have been so great if today's Friday tag would have been Bill <laughs> his front door to Scotty Granger? Because yep. Scotty was just working yep. with the FBI with Cricket uh, to bring down that sex ring a few years ago. So that would have been great. Oh, you're talking about young Scotty. I'm like, Scott dead, child. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's why I said Scotty, not Scott. Okay, I thought I just I just I went back to the original Scott. Sorry. Look at now that would have been a shock if Peter motherfucking Barton would have showed up. If Peter Barton showed up, I was like, okay, we got a ball game now. Move <laughs> Lord over to the ball. Beautiful, we got a ball game. That would have been <sighs> I would have tackled yeah. at the top of that. Would have gotten me watching this show again. <laughs> right, I'm like, wait a minute, y'all got Scott on here? Okay, well, I don't. I, 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 we could have tied into Y and R's 50th anniversary as well. I would have been okay with it. 
I would have been perfectly fine with it. And put him on there for six months and let him cause some division between Lauren and Michael. We got a ball game. But uh, Brad been playing in our face for so many years, and people have allowed it. I'm not allowing no more. I'm not allowing it no more. I because sometimes he can come back and have at least some goodness in the storyline. He ain't been good in a minute. Nope. And like I said, I, when, he, when he fucked up Sheila's last return for the 30th anniversary, I said, uh-uh. You're not getting no more pussy. <laughs> oh, what a mess. What a mess. I, 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 I saw that today and I saw the clip, how they did it. I don't, one thing is, is what is going on with production? Because when I saw it, it was giving, I don't know. It was giving, I don't know. It just it pisses me off because it's just like out of the four soaps, we know Bradley Bell got the motherfucking money. Yes, you know what it was giving? It was giving Spider Games on MTV. That's what it Casey, you shut your motherfucking ass up. You don't talk about my Spider Game. Uh, uh, my puss. Hook a bitch up. No matter how good. It was giving the Moldovian Massacre. That's what it was giving to me because when they had the when they cut to these scenes of guns and it was like these quick shots of people about to go invade this wedding, they did the exact same thing. Let's give a quick shot of 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 the FBI things and let's give a quick shot to the van. I was like, oh god, it's it just it's so stupid. You can tell us a rewrite, just like with killing Finn off. Fuck you, Brad Bell. We all knew you were going to do it, but Jacqueline McKinnis Wood got pissed, the fans got pissed, and you reneged. Bull fucking shit. And we all know he's going to talk to Stephanie Sloan on the Soap Opera Digest. This was the plan all along. No, it wasn't no plan all along. Brad ain't had no long story for years. (coughs) He hadn't had no long story in years. It's like, no, the fans revolted, and Margot Wayne popped your motherfucking hand. That's what happened. Yeah, well, that good luck to the they people that's that still watching. They need to do that shit more often. They need to do that shit more often. Like, I'm so tired of Vogue catering to their overseas audience and giving us all this stupid-ass hijinks and shit like that. No. Because at the end of the day, you may be the most watched soap opera in the world, but CBS is keeping lights on that motherfucker. And CBS needs to... I don't want them to be all up in it like they are with R, but Margot Wayne can at least be like, Brad, let my AC out again. Well, I'm gonna tell you like I know. You, you are. I we. I just keep watching it on Twitter with the little clips that I've been watching because I refuse mm-hmm. to watch the show at this point in time. I refuse. And that's sad. That is sad that me and Chaz don't want to take 19 minutes and 11 seconds out our motherfucking day Mm-mm. to watch that shit. Mm-mm. Me and Bruce because Bruce that don't make no motherfucking sense. You know, you know it when takes, he lost me. Like, you already know when he lost me. Y'all, y'all understand? It takes a bottom longer to sleep <laughs> than it takes to watch an episode of The Bold and the Beautiful, and we don't want to do that shit. I mean, and oh I was, Jesus! I was like the show's main hype person all summer long. Like B and B to me was my appointment television. That was my go-to for a lot of my... 
from Brooke's special episode to August 1st. Uh, y'all, um, Casey was suffering from long COVID last year. He's okay now. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> he, had a, he had Mike's Magic TV at that point in time because I was like... Okay. <laughs> you know, I thought the show was really good. It was on and popping. You know, we were killing off a main character who had become a main character in a year. We were... Um, Jacqueline McKinnis Wood was stepping it up a little. Krista Allen was everything. They were even giving Ridge something to do. It's like the show was really... Eva Carter finally felt horrific last year. And then at around the second episode of August, things really started to change. And the big change was letting Tanner go off and do that Hallmark movie. So your whole entire A story was put on the back burner because you shouldn't let your goddamn leads go out and do 90-minute white people rom-coms for network television when they're in the middle of a huge story where you need them on four out of the five days a week. Because, Casey, I'm telling you, Casey, that boy was fired. But because the fans and Jackie went nuclear, Brad changed it. And then he went and lied and told Stephanie Sloan that it was always the plan. No, it wasn't. Finn was going to die. I think from the way it was filmed and the way it lines up, I don't think it was always the plan. Actually, I can't remember but I think it actually was a plan this time. You think this was planned? No, no, not not this, but no, Finn's no. death was planned to be a fake out. I give him credit for that. That, I think, was planned. But I this, no. No. Okay, but even, but even still then, even if it was a fake out, like Casey said, why would you let this motherfucker go do a fucking movie? Mm. Like, what? I'm not... Uh... I don't know. Like that's that's know. just like that's just like uh days telling Eric Martsoff like okay Brady's gonna go visit Tate in California, and that gives Eric enough time to do a, a full season of a Hulu show that's eight episodes. Like, girl, what? When he needs to be back at home because some bullshit going on with John. Or bail or some shit like that, where he needs to be on the campus. Like, mm. mm-mm, mm-mm. and well, Brad Bell didn't lie too much to me, honey. I don't believe he gonna do what he gonna do. That show gonna continue to do what it wants to do. It is what it is. We ain't gonna be able to change it. He ain't gonna get no better in his right. He gonna continue to write that show into because, the gutter. This is crazy. This is passions level buffoonery. Like. If you like, I, I am still happy that the show is on, and for the diehard fans that just take whatever shit Brad Bell feeds them, but it's just like I don't have God in light anymore. I don't have as the world turns anymore. I don't have all my children to want to live or another world. Hell, I ain't got poor Charles no more. But Bold is blessed to still be here, and this is the fucking bullshit we're getting. Brad Bell can kiss my motherfucking ass. Y'all can have it. I refuse. Al can have it. He on the motherfucking Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Out of obligation. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, I can't do it. I can't. Y'all know he lost me during the Mandingo storyline. I'm like, and then, uh-uh, and, fuck and you. then like I'm not you watching already this. know it's gonna be more fuckery when RJ comes. If Alan's not watching, 
B and B, then we don't have any B and B topics because he's the only. I'm the only one. No, that's why I told Alan, thank you, thank you. <laughs> no, baby, we appreciate you. Okay, we appreciate you. Left up to me, I would do a recap some shit that happened back in 1989, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Alexander makes for have started watching B and B from episode one last week. <laughs> okay, I, listen, so I, 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 I'm telling you. Yeah, wait, 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 Casey. I'm brainstorming here. God, because look, I'm gonna come on this podcast next week and be like, "So, Chad, they killed Caroline off, and Joanna Johnson's leaving the show." But no, but no, but no, y'all. I think he we has. Should, he's coming idea. We should do a bold rewatch podcast. We should do that. You can find me at KCS Hutch. You can find. <laughs> okay, Casey said. Casey said, "Bitch, I'm sick of you, bitch. Because fucking uh, with you, a bitch gonna have ninety motherfucking podcasts. I ain't gonna have time to take a shit. I, <laughs> I ain't got none. But, but no, but but okay. And we still need to do that. My girl Millie needs her story told. Oh my God, nobody knows what you're talking about. I have no oh, idea what's happening. Well, it, well, y'all gonna find out soon enough. But yeah, okay. Right. It's just a real life thing got in the way, and you know, Casey has you know." A million jobs, like he a goddamn Jamaican. He Tommy. Thank <laughs> God. Well, no, what you know, Chad Tommy ain't had no job. No, Tommy was had multiple jobs. <laughs> let him tell it. No, no, let 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 it be now. Tommy would have had an OnlyFans, baby. That was his job. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with both. I ain't got shit else to say on the topic. It is what it is. The show is trash. Brad can't write, and I stand by everything I said. I, I I'm sorry, okay. it's a mess. Michelle Valjean needs to be writing that motherfucking show. Oh, he needs to just bed. give her the show. Give her the oh, show. He needs to, to, need to bed Patrick Marquet. He like keeps sweat to come back. We doing we doing FBI damn papers <laughs> on a fashion show. That's okay. so stupid. It just you, makes you, no. See, you know sense. shit is bad when Patrick Marquet he he Patrick Marquet he quit. He said, "Girl, I can't write this shit. I, I can't." Because the only thing <coughs> the FBI, the only thing the FBI should have been involved in with a show like The Bold and the Beautiful, is if uh, drugs were running rampant with Forrester models. That would make more like sense. Ridge, yes, Ridge knew about and didn't stop it. And you know, you bring on like a really sexy model for RJ, and she's all drugged up on opiates and whatnot. And you know, RJ alerts the FBI. You know what I mean? It's like see, no, no, Casey, because shit like that will get get bold back to a three point oh. No, we can't have that. Okay, it would make sense. And like you would act because you're weaving in the actual fashion mm -hmm. storyline to the show. It, I don't like, know when the last time I gave a damn about fashion right, it's show because like, it ain't been about that. Right? When the last time we had a beautiful, glamorous fashion show like Brad? You can stay. You are the only soap. Well, I don't know. Today's got peacock money now, but but yeah, like <laughs> for now, for now, because you know I'm gonna give peacock peacock. You know they may send days to Canada in six months, but yeah, like they are going on location. But but it's just like you're the only soap that can still go out of the country to to like Portofino, Italy, like Monaco, like well, Brad. What are you doing? And and. and that could have been the culmination of the Sheila story. It could have been a fashion show somewhere in Switzerland, some goddamn where, and Sheila could have ran off there and had no idea that the Fortress were doing a fashion show there. 
And she's just like, you know what? I'm going to take this chance to take my motherfucking grandson. And she tries to kidnap Hayes. Yes, get out of my head. I wanted that so badly because I... I but, but no, I mean, I, we did get the location shoot for Finn and Steffi's reunion. That was great. But it's just like, girl. Because it's like, I wanted Sheila to be pushed off a cliff in Monaco so badly. It's just like, Brad, I'm telling you, that's why I say he don't get no more pussy from over here. See, Brad Bell is that one dude that, that, that you know, then gave you some good sex over the years, but he keep fucking up. He keep fucking up. And you just like, I ain't doing it no more. I ain't doing it no more. But then, Maya becomes trans. That's the equivalent to, hey, you up? And then he beat you back in, and you just like, nigga might change, nigga might change, nigga I might change. Not That's exactly when they sucked me back in. For real, for real. Cause the, and it was around this time, y'all. It was around this time. Back then. The minute Nicole said, Myron, I said, oh. <laughs> I, I, I left out my apartment for 10 minutes and came back in and watched it again and said, she said, what? Because people was talking about Bold all day on Twitter. I said, I don't want to spoil myself. They sure were. Let me hold fast. Let me hold fast. But I keep in mind. Because I'm, I'm like, girl, let me see. That's the last time the Bold Beautiful had me screaming at my fucking TV. That was 2015. Right. And asked me where any of those actors and where that family is now. Right. Not exactly. on this show. Which is interesting. Like Brad. Well, no, no, you know what? No. I will say the last time Brad did have me screaming was the 30th anniversary when when Kimberly Brown popped her motherfucking ass up out of there like she was Rita Paul. So I said, I'm moist. And then he fucked it up. Because if you notice, Brad Bell doesn't really do like May sweeps. He more so does stuff for like two weeks. Shock and awe. He does stuff like around the anniversary and the 9,000th episode is in April, so he's going to fuck it up again there. But Tiggs is right. Right around this time, it was Maya's trans. Right around this time, it was Sheila Carter's back for the 30th. He does this every single year. So this FBI twist should come as a surprise to nobody. It's just like Chas says, it's the stupidity of it because you can tell it was a rewrite and you can tell it from a mile away. This makes no sense whatsoever. Like Chaz said, knocking off. <laughs> that poor Thorsten K. He was clearly on vacation somewhere in Italy. <laughs> and he came back with a day. Well, you want me to come back and do what now? <laughs> and see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I'm so proud of Peacock because they are promoting the living fuck out of like Peter and Christian coming back. They have done more promo in the last month than NBC did for days in the 15 years. Like, they are promo like a motherfucker. Peter and Christian are going live tomorrow. I'm, and I'm going to be right there. I'm off tomorrow, too. Stop playing with me. I know that's right. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Well, I think that, right, yeah. Peter's back tomorrow. Yeah. Christian is Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, days, because now, now y'all already know, no one days, we're going to see Bo. The, the episode going to be 42 minutes and 53 seconds. We're going to see Bo <laughs> at 42 minutes and 33 seconds. And then we're going to see Hope. The episode going to be 
39 minutes and 15 seconds. We're going to see Hope at 38 minutes, 40 seconds. Um, so <laughs> and I'm so sick of it. And I'm so sick of it with this damn dual hashtag. They've been trying to make dual happen since the 90s. Don't nobody call days no damn dual. <laughs> it ain't never happened. And then I had people in my mission. Well, I've been watching since 1973 and I call a dual. Well, you know what? Thank you so much, Rebecca. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody calls it that. It's a motherfucking duel. Girl, I remember back in the day, um, I don't know if you remember um Chaz or Alan. Casey, this is before you was born. They uh Brian, you may Brian, Bruce, I'm sorry. You may remember. Remember they had no, it was soap opera, no, because it was soap opera weekly, it was soap opera digest, and then they had uh soap opera update magazine back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, proper update you try to make fetch happen with duel. I'm like, what the fuck is duel? Is that some new shit? <laughs> oh, days of our lives. Oh, okay. I remember when Soap Digest did that though, back in the and you and see and and see they stopped that shit. See, that's back when Lynn Leahy was running shit, mm-hmm. and she told him to stop that shit. She told him to stop letting the AC out her motherfucking house because um. <laughs> Uh, memories back when it, it ain't it ain't one of those things where you know where like back when you know with all my children you'll be talking to an actor on an actress on the show like well you know back when I was doing all my kids you know that's cute but like that dual shit girl if you don't get the fuck out of my motherfucking face with that bullshit well, then you know one life to live you <laughs> oh yeah one life <laughs> oh yeah I'm doing one life and you know what? You, and y'all, what are we talking about right now? No, no, no. What are we talking about? Because, okay, no, whenever somebody calls One Life to Live One Life, like Bruce, Chaz, it always takes me back to back in the day when somebody about to leave and they'll just be like, one. you be like, oh, Jesus, what? you just took me back to 1998. For real, it was just like, one foot. One, 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 one dick? Lord, mercy. I'm coming back from the dead. Like, like, can y'all imagine Erica Slayzak doing like one and then walking away? Erica Slayzak gotta beat the shit out of you. When has she ever seen one? Well, I mean, Snoop Dogg was on the show. Like, imagine, see, see, if Mike Live was still on, they should have had Snoop Dogg on. Could you imagine Snoop was on his Instagram live? And like Robin Strass and Erica Slade that were listening to like Gin and Juice. Oh, I really like this beat. What are you doing? And Casey, Strass, what, is Strass, the what is the next damn topic, sir? What is the next topic? I don't know what the hell y'all talking about. What is going imagine, on? Can you imagine if Erica Slade went up to Snoop Dogg and said, Oh, look at my dab. And then like, oh. <laughs> Okay. The cast is really giving. Oh, okay. Mama <laughs> comes on and she's just like, "I don't got no time for no bitches and hoes now, Snoop." Oh Lord Jesus! <laughs> I don't know where we are anymore. Just throw the script away. It's fine. <laughs> Erica Slayzak did the thing. Robin Strasser, my woman. That is the name of your the podcast. <laughs> Your title for this show, Erica Slat, Erica Slezak did the thing. He said Erica Slezak. Jesus Christ. He made it sound like she works in the county. Slezak. 
I don't know what's her name. I don't know. And then here go Alan. Alan saying hard as a motherfucker. Slezak. Erica Slezak. I'm from Michigan. I'm from Michigan. Sorry. Sorry. I'm from Michigan. I'm a ghetto bitch. Sorry. Yes, this is what we do up here. <laughs> oh, no, now he's saying up here. Up here. Hey, no, that's actually Boston. I, I turned oh, into Boston. I'm going to say he sounds like Robert Scott Wilson. Boston. Boston. Okay. Boston. Hey, uh, uh, Casey, what's next? James, <laughs> <laughs> you know darn good and well. Robert Scott Wilson. That name don't mean anything to Chaz. <laughs> he's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, shit. Well, I don't know shit. Monique, motherfucker. Shit, I don't know shit. Not Monique. Shut up. Not Monique. <laughs> I love us for real. Keep going, Gabe. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't I don't even know what to do. You know what? I'm done with this episode. Let's just give our ads. Um, okay. <laughs> where can they find you on Twitter? I'm not even going to the last topic. Where can they find you? Me? No, Alex. Oh, Alan. You can pull up to my bumper, Alice Rappa. <laughs> <laughs> I have to play that song before I go to bed tonight now. I'm sorry. Yes, why? Because <laughs> that's the song. Pull up to my bumper, baby. Y'all know that song. Pull up to my bumper, baby. Hey. 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 Oh, that's my jam. Anyway. Okay, that's that song came out. I was like in the second, third grade. I was just... I ain't had no business pulling up to nobody's bubble, but I was doing it. I didn't that. know what it meant. I know what it means now, but I didn't, at the time it was jam. But, you know, I should had no business singing that song as a little kid. Okay. Listeners, if you don't know what the song is about, it's about someone who wants anal sex. Yes. Yeah. Chaz, I bet you got a Now, I, now I'm, I've been pulling up to the same bumper for five years. <laughs> now, Chaz, I, I know you've got a long black limousine, Chaz. Um, <laughs> well, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> No complaints here. Anyways, um, my, are you asking me for my Twitter? Okay. Wait, Chaz, how tall is you again? I'm six three. What's your shoes? All right, all right. He could throw a bitch <laughs> in a he could throw a bitch into a plate glass window like an episode oh, of Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Nuts. You can reach me at um, Chaz <laughs> underscore not Charles on Twitter. He said underscore. He didn't say underscore. Uh, he said underscore. Underscore. <laughs> no, that that was cute though, Chaz. Hit me up at um, Chaz underscore not Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are funny. Um, Tiggs, uh, what about you? I'm at the Bin Master Part Two. <laughs> are there any under squirrels in here? <laughs> no, it ain't. So, Bruce, uh, <laughs> There's nowhere to go at this point. Like co-host Bruce Man Griffin, my dear, <laughs> I love you so much. Where can they find you? And please come back. And- they can find me at Mr. Van Griffin across all social media, as well as a little shameless promotion. They can find me every Tuesday now, is it, Casey? On Forever and Today, trying to catch my man, not catch my man, trying to catch. Okay, just, just. Yeah, that's so. So, yes, for those who don't know, Bruce Van Griffin plays Detective Bo <laughs> on my show uh, with Candace and Emmy Morgan uh, forever and a day. He does very well. Um, and you can also catch Chaz's role coming soon. Um, I think in 
May, May or June? <laughs> June, July, we don't know. Whenever it comes up. You you go ahead and let me know because I honestly have no idea. Fall, spring, <laughs> summer. Jazz, we shot that shit like days <laughs> of our lives eight months ago. <laughs> we did though. It was, it was before uh, Christmas. Not, not, I don't know when that's gonna come on. I don't know. Not 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 Chaz and Sheba Sheree. <laughs> uh yeah joggers for um maybe spring summer maybe uh fall winter um and there will be 98 dollars for some pants thanks because literally like the episode that just aired at forever in a day we did that july of last year <laughs> like we are we tape ahead now. um but yes you can find me on twitter at kcs hutch you can find our show on twitter at the chat underscore podcast you can find us on facebook at the chat show podcast uh next month is our women's history month show and we got something special planned for that uh so stay tuned we love all of you and thank you for listening come on casey corday (laughs) casey said ken i'm gonna show you what the fuck to do bitch Lord have mercy. This is the most off the reels one we've had in a while. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. It's gonna get even worse. Even even what? Even what? Even worser. Worser? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that a it's just worser? <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up, lady. Wrap it up. Bye. Show us your bumper. Mind your business, wash your ass. Okay, wash your bumper. There you go. Darn it. This call has been ended. What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) Why won't he end the recording? I don't understand what's happening. Casey Hutchinson is a messy bitch that lives for dark. Yeah, why he acted. He acted like we don't know that the thing is still recording. So I try to give you a hand. The show is over. The chest like, <laughs> like Rachel. Oh, okay. Bruce looks like I have to go to work early in the morning. Right. Are we done? What's happening? I work, I work from home, so I'm already at work. Oh, oh okay. Oh, oh, Bruce like, I got all night, baby. Let's go. Jazz really sounded like Rachel Corey. Why is he still recording Irish? <laughs> okay. I wish I don't even know who that is. He so. stopped the recording. And Chad's like, no, you did not. <laughs> so I'm gonna do a B rewatch with you. I promise. Oh, so I don't care about uh, Bruce Guest co-hosting our Texas Bottom Line, our Allen's Bumper. I, had to- uh, <laughs> I don't know about this rewatch, Chad. I don't know. I Bo just pissed me off. I can't. Look, okay, I can't. look, 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 goddamn it, Chaz. Yes. Yes. You can rewatch it, motherfucker. That's see the beginning is Bill Bell's the boy. Yeah, you can rewatch that. If we did, like, uh, yeah, that's true. That's if true. We did, like an episode was one week of you know stuff. That'd be cute. Yeah, I think that'd be cute. I still haven't ended this recording. Good night, y'all. Thank you for, <laughs> hey, for real time, motherfuckers. <laughs>